Hey there, mighty men. I'm your host, Dr. Dave Paschkowski, founder of Men Made For More Coaching. Our business helps husbands level up their life, their leadership, and their legacy in marriage and in business. The purpose of this podcast is to bring together like-minded men that feel destined for big things in their life, provide you the resources and community that you need to lead yourself, your family, and your business. If you've ever felt overwhelmed, frustrated, lost, or alone on your journey to a better and more purposeful life, you're in the right spot. You weren't designed to be average, so it's time to quit living that way. Today, I'm giving you permission to unlock your true potential and step into all that you were made for. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Men Made For More podcast, joined with a good friend of mine, special guest, second time on here, actually, Kyle Shrum. And uh, I'm just uh, I'm excited to have you back on here and uh, excited to you know dive into some more of the content. Before we get into, into the fun stuff, quick announcement for, for people listening. We do have our, our second Mindset Mastery Challenge coming up this next week, so we'll have that all linked up in the show notes here. Make sure to check it out. Go get signed up a one week intensive for you guys to level up your mindset. So go ahead and check that out. But uh, for our guest here today, Kyle, man, excited to have you on here. Thanks for coming back on the show. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to get on here and let it rip. Let's talk about some fun stuff. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be good. And if you come back a second time, the first one had to have been pretty good as well. So if you guys missed that one, make sure to check it out. But I want to pass it back to you, Kyle. We'll give the, and, and a lot of people probably listened to the first one, but for those that didn't, what's maybe an abbreviated, you know, 60 second elevator pitch type type bio of, of who you are and what you're up to. So a former youth minister for seven years, um, husband, father, got a four and a two-year-old. Um, currently my full-time job is with uh, a company that does called PT biz. Uh, we do business coaching for physical therapists, uh, specifically in the realm of cash-based practices. And then my part-time job, I'm a, an online fitness coach for a company called end of three fitness and our uh, programming is called garage gym athlete. And we cater to garage gym athletes, people who work out at home. And uh, so we have programming and coaching and all that kind of stuff lined up for, for people who are training at home. And former background, a little bit on, uh, I know some minister background, you want to touch briefly on that too? Yeah. So, uh, like I said, seven years starting in 2013, uh, up to August of last year, actually, uh, when I went full-time with PT Biz, that's when I stepped away from full-time ministry, but um, stepped into it, you know, kind of young and um, and wide-eyed and bushy-tailed and all that kind of stuff and had a, had a good time and in full-time youth ministry for seven years and um, started on the the side stuff, you know, as I was doing that and just, you know, decided to take a better opportunity, you know, with these kinds of things and better financial, you know, freedom for my family and things like that. And that was the main reason, but, but yeah, I grew up in church and um, never thought that ministry was anything I would ever want to do. And, you know, God had other plans and the opportunity came along. So I did it and it was a, it was a great time. And, Still, even now, not being full time, still, you know, looking for other opportunities to serve in that way as well and and put my expertise to to work there as well. So mm. um, that's one thing, you know, be, not being full time, it actually kind of opens me up to to be more involved in other things. You know what I mean? And still able to minister and things like that. So ministry is still part of it, but I'm just not getting paid for it anymore. So, yeah, it just looks a little bit different. And it was, it was fun last time we talked to hear kind of your you know thought process and your openness to 
these changing roles and these different things. And like we said last time, you have a, you have a lot of stuff going on. It's been cool to you know, see your, your thought process, how you've been able to process through some of these things with the new opportunities with these, with these different things and uh, blends in nicely with today. You know, when we were talking about what we wanted to, what we wanted to chat on and accountability kept coming back of how to, how to stay accountable across these different areas, because I talk with a lot of, a lot of our clients, I'm sure you see the same thing with, with some of your, uh, both the PT side of things and the garage gym athlete side of things is people can get really good at being accountable, maybe in one area or maybe even mm-hmm. a couple areas, but, uh, we see these, these imbalances that can happen where people focus so much on fitness and they get really fit and they look great, but mm-hmm. their relationships suck. And yeah. maybe they don't have any kind of, you know, spiritual walk or they're not, they're not walking their faith at all. Or, or maybe, you know, in, in ministry, you've, you've seen people that are, you know, super strong spiritually, like rock solid, strong spiritually, which, which you and I agree is a, a good, a good foundation to have, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. maybe they're letting their health slip and they're not, you know, if you're letting your health slip and you're, you know, overweight and out of shape and can't, don't have the energy to go serve, that's going to affect that as well. And so there's, there's the physical side of it. There's financial, there's a the spiritual, there's your emotional, your relationships and all these things. And how do you, you know, how, how have you been able to both maybe an example in your own life or in other people's life, how you've been able to, uh, to teach people how to stay accountable across all these areas and not just get so laser focused on one that we see these other areas start to fall apart. Well, I feel like we have to understand, you know, that, that, that life is, it's, there's a lot to it. You know what I mean? Especially once you, you know, you get married now you've added something else, you know, and then once you guys have kids, you've added something else, you know, and then you have another kid and like, there's another one, you know, and all these different things. And, and so you have to understand that, that you, you can't be laser focused on just one thing anymore. And whereas, before that, before these other things that you're trying to work on, you, you can kind of be a specialist and you can kind of see, this is my one thing. This is what I do. And and I'm only accountable to me anyway. But, but what I've seen is the best thing that you can do is just build things slowly and build small habits over time. And and the coaching that we do at Grison Athlete, that's, that's our whole, our whole paradigm of coaching is, uh, I don't know if you've read the book Atomic Habits by James Clear, but it's, Fantastic. It's amazing. And that's kind of how I, you know, we built our, our coaching is just building small habits over time of here's this one thing that you need to focus on, focus on that thing till it's a habit, focus on that thing till, you know, you don't, you don't have to think about it anymore. And so I think that's something that people do is they see all of these different areas of their life that they need accountability in all these different areas of their life that they need to grow in. And they're like, man, I got to do everything. You know what I mean? And, and really take one thing in this area and get good at that thing, go to this area and get good at this thing. Just focus on really small things at once and, and just build small things in each area. And then they just compound on each other. You know what I mean? Each time. And so that's kind of what we're trying to do with our coaching is um, not trying to throw a whole bunch of stuff out there here. You need to do this and this and this and this. And especially with the people that we talk to, because we're talking to garage gym athletes, we're talking to people who train at home, you know what I mean? And, nobody's forcing them to do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they're not professionals, you know, they don't do it for work. You know, they don't do any of that. Like they, they realize that they need to make a change. They realize that they need to get better and they take the initiative to do that. And so, but these are people with real lives. These are people with jobs. These are people with families. These are people with restrictions, you know what I mean? And so 
we have to accommodate all of those things. And so we're not just going to throw a whole bunch of stuff at you at once. You've already got a bunch of stuff. You know what I mean? So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm the one who does all the coaching there. Well, the coaching for one of our programs, um, we have a women's specific program. I don't do that coaching, but, um, but everybody else comes to me for coaching. And so that's the one thing I just say, Hey, we're going to pick one thing and we're going to focus on that. And once you nail that one, we'll move on to the next thing. That's, that's real good. And I, I think that, you know, to summarize what I'm hearing you say is like a lot of people make the mistake of trying to bite off more than they can chew, or maybe they, they think they can, they can chew it, or maybe you can chew it for a period of time, a season, but they create these habits that are not sustainable. And they see this, maybe they see more progress at the outset, but then they get this big crash and they get, and we get people in, you know, in our, in our PT business and our rehab business, there's all the people that push too hard and then they're out mm-hmm. for four weeks and they push too hard and they're off. And, and that's not going to get the results you are if you're, if you're just staying consistent and that you can take that with fitness, you can take that with your business, you can take that with, with anything. And I, I totally agree with that, but what's the, you know, I, I think that's a lot of a mistake. A lot of coaches make when they're coaching people, it's, it's giving them too much like fire hose of information. And then people get overwhelmed. They try and implement everything. They fail. How do you meet people when, cause I'm sure you get some people if like, like I do as well, that are, uh, you know, they're the eager people, they're self-starters. They, they sign up and they're the ones trying to push the pace. How do you balance having to pull back the reins without discouraging them? Because I found when people, they want to, you get the people that want to go, go, go. They're like, I do want to take this. I'm, I'm willing to commit six hours a day. I'm going to do this and this and this. And then, but you, we know as coaches, like that's not sustainable. We have to right. pull them back. So in those cases where the people might be motivated, how are you educating them? How are you kind of pulling back the reins and doing that in a way that doesn't get them discouraged? That's, uh, that's a, that's a hard thing to do sometimes, especially when, especially as a coach, sometimes you find yourself, you find, you find people who, who need to be pushed, right. Who know they need to make a change, but they're not super motivated to make it. They were motivated enough to seek you out. You know what I mean? But then it's, it gets real. You know what I mean? It's like, Oh, I actually have a coach. Oh, that person's actually going to be checking in on me. You know what I mean? Now I actually have to do it. And then just like you were talking about, there's people on the other end of the spectrum. That's like, bam, 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 go, 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 go. You know, they're ready to do everything. You know what I mean? And, and a lot, and some of them actually can, some of them can handle more than other people, but I, I try to keep in mind, uh, Jocko Willink talks a lot about like detachment. Right. And so as a coach, I have to remain detached from as much as I can remain detached from the results of that, that other people find, you know, that other people are seeking and that other people are attaining. Um, because as the coach, I need to keep my emotions out of it so that I don't jump in there with them. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, we're going to take off and we're going to run and yeah, let's go do it. No, we, I have to be the one who holds things back. And so making sure that I'm not letting my ego take over as well of, well, if this person achieves this and I was their coach, man, you know, look how good of a coach, you know, Mm. no, it's not it. You know, I have to be the one to manage expectations and manage ego and all those things. And um, just making sure that I'm studied up and know from experience, not just know from experience, but my own experience, but other people's experience as well of knowing where that kind of, that kind of action can go and just trying to manage people's expectations of, I know that this is where you want to go. And I know that you feel like you can go really fast and get there and you might get close to it by going really fast, but 
you're going to break before you get there and you're going to be set back. You know what I mean? Like this is going to happen. And so let's manage our expectations and let's take the long game and let's just trust me. You know what I mean? Trust the process. And, mm. and so that's kind of it for me is just trying to be emotionally detached from it and keeping my ego out of it where I can just kind of step back and say, I see where you're going with this. And I love that your enthusiasm, but let's, let's manage expectations a little bit, but, but also kind of giving into that a little bit too. Cause like I said, not everybody's that way. Not everybody is naturally motivated. I'm actually not one of those people. I'm not a naturally motivated person. I need people pushing me. You know, I need people, you know, lighting a fire under me where I get things done and I move forward. And so I, I kind of see it from that perspective, but then I have these other people who just, just take off and just want to go with everything. And it's like, let's, let's rein it in a little bit and just keep things, keep things simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, a couple of really good points. Cause that's, that's one mistake I made early on. And, and when we first started our PT business, then when started uh, this coaching business last year is I, I found at times I wanted people's success more than they wanted. And that got, that got me into trouble that got them into, you know, it, it strained the relationship yep. some because you have to be able to meet people where they're at. We can't, as coaches, we can't want that more than the the person in front of us. And there's, you know, so many ways you can educate and encourage and know, like some of it's an awareness of knowing when to, when people need pushing and when they need, uh, when they need some like, like comfort and, and encouragement and there's different communication ways to go about that. But I found for a lot of people, I was like, I wanted their success more than, more than they did. And like you said, it's, it's, uh, you know, yeah. when you really reflect on it and peel back the layers, it's like, well, is that, my, is that my ego? Is that like pride? Is that going to mm-hmm. like, is that speaking to my success as a coach? Like if they don't succeed, it's easy to internalize that, uh, on, on ourselves and be like, well, I, I must not have been a good coach. And I, I think it's good to always reflect on those things, but at the same time, the ones that the more I learn, the more I can, and I'm sure you see, we meet people where they're at and, and the more you learn those things, the better those results that we're trying so hard to, to get for them end up happening anyways, instead of trying to just like force it and force it and, and force it. So, uh, I, th- I think that's a, you know, that's a really good, good point on, on that end. And, uh, and I, I know the type that, that like to like to push fast, don't like to, don't like to hear that they need to slow down. And I don't know if you've run into this, yep. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, but sometimes it's a matter of letting them, I don't say crash and burn completely, but have you, uh, and I want to hear your thoughts on it because I've had to just let people say like, fine, go ahead and, and try it. And I think there's power in, in people learning that way as well. Have you run into some of that? Yeah, absolutely. You run into people who sometimes that's the only thing you can do. You know what I mean? Sometimes you, you can only tell some, somebody so many times, you know, Hey, this is, this is what's going to happen if you don't, if you don't slow down, you know, or if you don't do it this way and, you know, and sometimes you do your absolute best to manage those expectations and you manage those, you know, that, that pace and, and, but people are people, you know what I mean? And people are going to do what they want to do. And, and so sometimes there is that, that moment where maybe you let them, maybe you don't, maybe it happens without your knowledge, you know, but, or sometimes you just, you see that it's going to happen and you just prepare for it. It's like, I know that this person is not going to listen to me. They're going to run off and do something that I didn't tell them to do or do something I told them not to do. It's going to happen. Here's my plan when it happens. And when it happens, it's like, you don't say I told you so or anything like that. It's all right. 
let's manage expectations and let's start again. You know what I mean? And sometimes that's how, because, because you and I are that way too, right? Um, we, we get things in our heads and we see, okay, it's going to work this way. And it just doesn't work. And we're like, oh, well, we didn't do it right. So we go and do it. And sometimes we find out the hard way, you know what I mean? That really it wasn't going to work out to begin with. You know what I mean? So yeah, sometimes it, it is about that, about, about letting people fail. But I think I talked about that a little bit last time as well is it failure is okay. You know what I mean? We, we have to get to a place in society and we especially have to get to a place as coaches of failure being okay. You know what I mean? Especially like what I'm talking about and the same, the same people that you work with, like we're working with normal people, regular people. Mm -hmm. We're not working with professional athletes. You know what I mean? Where, you know, where a small, you know, fraction of a detail really makes a big difference. We're, we're working with regular people who are just, they're just trying to be better. And so failure is okay. And failure is inevitable. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to happen. You're going to mess up. You're going to fail. Things are going to break. It's that's just life. And so that's part of it of detaching from it as well is understanding that that's part of it and planning for what you're going to do to move forward when it does. And so just as a coach, that's something that I have to do as well. It's just kind of, I have my plan for when they break things and when they break it, then I go, you know, we, we say, okay, let's manage things and move on. You know what I mean? Um, but that doesn't happen very often. Um, it, that that's not often in, in coaching. Most of the time people are going to do, you know, what, what you, what the plan that you work out with them, they're going to follow it. And, and, but sometimes you have those people that they just have to go do it their, their way to mm -hmm. figure out that it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. I, I think, uh, you know, it doesn't happen as much as we think, but, but letting it happen. I love what you say about, about having a plan, but like we talked so much about last time and if people get a chance to, to listen to that one, if they haven't, it's, it's just accepting failure for, for what it is. And it's, it, we, we see failure as this, this negative thing, but you and I have probably had our best, our best learning experiences from quote failure that turned out yep. to be, you know, something so much, so much better as all failure is, is it's a, it's a learning thing unless we, you know, assuming we can adopt that mindset, failure is just a, a another thing of feedback that helps us to learn and say, "Hey, that that didn't work the way I wanted it to. What can I do differently?" And that's where having that review, that reflection process in place, that that after action plan of, "Okay, what what can I do differently so that that not not even so that it doesn't happen again, but so that I make my best guess of what will keep that from happening again." I think that reflection process is also where a lot of people might not be. Uh, and might not be doing as much as they, they could to prevent mm -hmm. the same mistakes from happening. Yeah. Um, self-reflection is not my favorite thing ever. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's, I don't think there's a lot of people that like it. You know what I mean? They don't like to self-reflect. They don't like to sit, you know, by themselves and examine what happened and, you know, for good or for bad, you know what I mean? And just, you know, because the good can lead to a bigger ego, but the bad can lead, you know, to a, a bad place. You know what I mean? A, a rough place. Um, if you, if you jump down that hole, you know what I mean? And so that self-reflection of, well, I'm going to detach as well. I keep saying detach. I try to focus on that so much, you know, mm -hmm. but, uh, I'm not going to be emotionally detached to the good or to the bad. It's like, it is what it is. And it's, you know, whether it's good or it's bad, it is what it is. And, whatever happened happened and now let's move forward and but that that's a hard thing to do sometimes and especially with coaching people they don't want to self-reflect either you know what i mean no very very few of us enjoy doing that and so it's kind of a hard thing to do 
Yeah. Self-reflection. It's, it's personally hard. It's hard for, I think every one of my clients because it, it forces you to ask the tough questions and the tough questions, not complex questions, but what did I do good this week? What did, like, where did I struggle this week? And a lot of times as, as coaches, we don't, we don't have some secret answers that no one else has. It's just asking questions in a way that allows people to self-discover what's, what's actually going on. I'm sure if you ask a lot of people, if, if someone's out of shape, if you ask enough questions, like people aren't, uh, you know, they might not know all the ins and outs of like the details of what macronutrients to eat or how yeah. many of the ideal ways to work out. But generally speaking, people know how to be healthier. If, 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 if you, you know, put the decision in front of them and said like, why are you, you know, why are you overweight? And I just use that cause that's an easy example mm-hmm. for people to relate to, but it's like, well, I'm probably eating a lot. I'm, I'm snacking too much. I'm mm-hmm. eating the wrong foods and I'm, I'm not moving enough. Like if you do that, you're probably 80% of the way there or more yeah. of, of where you want to be. And it's the same thing with, uh, as you see with, with helping, you know, businesses, helping those things too. A lot of people know what they need to be doing. It's like, yeah. okay, you're spending no time in marketing or your business foundation is like, you spend no time building solid yeah. foundations. So all these people are coming in and you have no way of, of following up with them. You have no way of, of delivering for them. So a lot of times people know the answers. And I think that's what makes self-reflection so tough as it forces you to sit, like you said, by yourself, answer those things and confront them of, what am I going to do to keep that from happening? And that's probably the hardest part of all of it. Yeah. We don't, we don't like to admit that we're doing, that we've done things wrong. You know what I mean? We don't like to admit that there are changes that we need to make. Um, we can, we can say, man, I need to make changes. And then it comes around to the time to making the change. And it's like, Oh, well, do I have to make the change? You know what I mean? Or we find something else to place blame in or something like that. Well, if this was different, then mm-hmm. this would be different. I wouldn't have to do this. And it's, but yeah, we, we all do that. And that's the thing too, with, with coaching people is I see a lot of the things that I feel personally and the, the, the mental barriers that I run into personally, I see them in other people, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I know how I got through this, or I know how I'm still struggling through this. So let me give you some advice based on my experience, you know what I mean? And based on how I got through this, cause that's, uh, especially with, with where I've come from, that's where I started with garage gym athlete. I started as an athlete. I just, Mm -hmm. I signed up for their programming and I had to make some changes and, uh, I got my, you know, I got a coach and, you know, got right, got to where I needed to be. And so I can come through my coaching. I can come through, through to them as somebody who's already been through it. You know what I mean? Who, who knows the thing, the changes that I had to make and knows how hard those things were and knows, you know, exactly what it took for me to get there. And so being able to provide that for somebody else is, is, is a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being, being in that position where you've gone through it and that's your years in garage gym athlete, you know, and at least for, for me, it's like, I've, I've tried every, you know, I've, I've gone the personal growth route. I've, I've hired coaches. I've done different things. It's like, I've, I've put so many hours into it. And a lot of that's, you know, some of that's shortened the learning curve, but a lot of times I, before I got coaches, it was so much learning the hard way and self-experimenting and doing those things that are, it, it, it's an okay route. I think everyone should go that route of, of self-experimenting and trying things, but it is a slow and painful route to be able to truly yep. reflect on what's working to truly test it the right way requires a lot more. So if you can get a coach, someone who can help shorten that learning curve a little bit is, and people look at it sometimes as a cost, but well worth the investment, because if you could get to your goal 
a year faster, like what's that, what's that worth mm. to you? And, and that's a lot of times people maybe sometimes have the the wrong approach to it. And I, like I said, I think there's power in, in the trial and error to doing it on your own, but mm. there's also power. And if I can cut off some of that time, I'm going to go and do that for sure. Yeah. Well, and there, there are things that, and no matter what it comes down to, whether it's, whether it's with training, whether it's with eating, whether it's with, you know, your spiritual life or your financial habits or your relationship, like it doesn't matter. Like there are things that are happening to you that you don't realize, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And I think that's the craziest thing is um, as a coach, being able to step back and see those things. But then when I see other people, when I see them come to those realizations about themselves, like, man, this was happening to me and I didn't know, you know what I mean? It's like, that's what coaches can help you do, you know, but not just coaches, you know, friends can help you with that. If you'll, actually listen to them. You know, your spouse can help you with that. If you'll actually listen to them, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Um, you know, people at church or whatever, you know, group it is that you're, that you're associating yourself with it. That's what happens. But there's things that are happening in the background that we're not aware of. And sometimes that's what we need. We need somebody to, you know, hit us up the side of the head and Hey, look at this, this is happening to you. And then you move on from there, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We call those, we call those blind spots. A lot of people and yeah. uh, we, we have our own and, but it, it's a lot easier for other people to see those on you because they're usually subconscious. They're usually things that either beliefs or words you're saying, or things, the way you're talking to yourself, the way you're talking to others that are these little things it's, you know, cause the glaring things we know, like when I talk about that obvious example of, if you, you know, eat a pint of ice cream every night before you go to bed, like you probably know, okay, I need to give that up. But sometimes there's those little things in our mindsets and our beliefs, those little things that we don't even realize are creeping in that probably started something so small, something like a little habit we pick up, a belief we pick up, but then if we don't address it, it just becomes this, this big thing that because it happens so slowly, we don't even realize it's going on, but having, whether that's accountability from a coach, whether that's having the open feedback, the vulnerable feedback with a friend, with a spouse to be able to say those things and not flip out on them. That's yeah. the second piece of it. Cause it's, you can be yeah. like, Oh, I want you to tell me whatever, whatever uh, I need to work on. And someone tells you and you're like, no, you're wrong. That's oh, not, that, that's, that's not right. <laughs> so having that, uh, having that vulnerability and being able to accept that feedback, whether formally through a coach, whether through a friend, a spouse can be what can help you identify those blind spots early enough to keep them from becoming a bigger thing. Yeah. Like my wife can tell things about me that I have no idea about. You know what I mean? Like she went, I, I don't get stressed out about very many things. I just, that's just my personality. I don't stress about things very much, but when I get stressed, she knows long before I do that mm-hmm. I'm stressed about something, you know? And she'll say, are, you know, are you okay? I was like, what, what do you mean? Of course I'm all right. You know what I mean? And she's like, well, the answer to that question that you just gave me tells me that you're not okay. There's something going on with you. What is it? And she'll typically just take the time. She'll just drill down with me to, and make me figure it out right then so that I can fix it. Um, but she does that, you know, it, but like what you're talking about with, um, with not wanting to hear it from people, right? Like she's one of those people, like she's the last person on the planet that I want to hear, you know, tell me that I need to change something. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I love her more than anybody. And, but I also want to disappoint her less than anybody else on the planet. You know, if, if I'm a failure to everybody else on the planet, as long as I'm not to her, I'm good. You know, but if I disappoint her, it's like, oh man, it's the worst. So that's something I've had to work on with my relationship with her is when she's giving me feedback on things, not getting mad about it because, Mm -hmm. because I'm not really mad at her. I'm mad at myself for disappointing her. 
but then I take my anger, my frustration out on her. And it's like, but then I get even more mad because I did that, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so, and that, that's something that I run into as well. So you, you meet that resistance and I meet that resistance with myself. I meet that resistance with the athletes that I coach, I meet that resistance with just my friends and my family with everybody. You know what I mean? Uh, um, even though we love people and we trust people, we don't want to hear, you know, it seems like yeah. the, the more we love and trust them, the less we want to hear from them about things we need to change. And really they're the ones that are closest to us to affect the most change in us, but we resisted the most from them. You know, it's crazy how that dynamic works. Mm-hmm. Well, that's such good. I mean, such good relationship advice whether it's with a spouse, whether it's with a friend, uh, a child or you know, a parent, it can be, it can be anyone, but that's so true because the, because we're more vulnerable in those relationships, they know more about us. So our pride and our ego can slip in even more because they, they see us and they see our faults. And it's so, like you said, it's so backwards though, because we should be able to open up more because they're not going to, they, they know us, they know our motives. They're not going to judge us like someone on social media who is going to make some, like can make some cheap jab at you, just someone on the internet, but it's, it's someone who genuinely cares about you, but being able to put the pride and ego aside and say, Hey, yeah, like, th- thank you for that observation. I'm going to try and work on this. How can we work on this? And, and Lindsay and I were just having a conversation this morning. Actually, it's funny you brought up that example because I've, I've worked so hard on, on finding, you know, you know, for me, not, not overworking, not with, especially with multiple businesses working with Lindsay. Now there's like, we have a lot of things going on sometimes and it's easy for those boundaries to get, to get blurred, to get, mm-hmm to get stretched where work starts just a little bit earlier and then bleeds a little bit more into our evening time, our personal time, our weekends. And I have to be really aware of that. And I feel like in a good spot right now, but had to actually, you know, when we're in a good spot is an important time to identify some of these things, these communication things of, Hey, like, I, I want you to call me out if you see, cause she can see when I'm getting stressed. She can see when I'm starting to, to push too hard when I'm starting to sacrifice sleep, sacrifice health, sacrifice my stress management, my things that can, can make it a sustainable thing. So asking a spouse, a friend in a time where you are fresh and when things are going good, that's not the time where we're usually reflecting, but that's probably the most important time because when things are going bad, we don't want to, we don't want to hear anything. We're in a bad mood. We're like, no, don't talk to me. You're, you're wrong with this. But when things are going good, that's the time to really reflect and say, why, like, why are things going good? And who can I have in my corner to keep me accountable so that when these things that I know I've fallen into in the past, I'm not immune to them. I'm going to like, if they, if they happen in the past, there's a chance they could yeah. come back. I don't have those things perfected and uh, having someone to be able to help you along with that again, formally with a, with a coach or someone or your spouse friend can be a, can be a great, a great way to address that before it becomes a bigger issue. Yeah. The, the tough times are not the time for contingency plans or at least not making contingencies, right? Like the contingencies need to be in place before they come. Right. Yeah. And that's what the contingencies are for. The contingencies are for the rough times, right? When you're not thinking clearly when, and it's not, it's not even that you're not, you're not trying. It's not that you're not good enough. It's that you literally can't, you know what I mean? Like you're, you get in that, that's, that's what our brains do. You know, that's what our minds do. Of We, we get to a place of stress. We get to a place of, of, you know, tough times and we can't make a rational decision. And that's what the contingencies are for. That needs to be there before you get to that place, because, because if you don't have it in place, things are going to get worse. If you try to put it in place while things are bad, it's going to get worse. You know what I mean? And so I like, you know, we, we were at a, a, an event last week, we 
got to actually meet each other in person for the first time, which was really, so really good. cool. Yeah. Um, but with PT biz, you know, you're a member of our mastermind group and uh, Kelly Sturette came in and spoke at our event last week. And one of the things that he, you know, he has two things that he says to people now, you know, and he's like, he's like, you may be right about that, you know, and tell me more, you know, and I hope that I'm not stealing these things from him, you know, for, but anyway, um, I'm going to, I want to start using that, you know, cause he says that he uses that mostly with his wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you may be right about that instead of just flying off, you know, I'm from the beginning just saying, nope, this is you're wrong. And this is why you're wrong. And all that. It's like, the first thing he says is he just takes a moment to say, you may be right about that. And that just kind of diffuses it where it forces him to think about it. It forces him to consider, well, maybe I'm not right. Maybe someone else is right. Or maybe there's a blend here, you know what I mean? Where both of us are right, which is totally counterintuitive. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, no, there's no way both of us are right. You know what I mean? Um, so there's that one. And then he says, and tell me more, you know what I mean? It's like, I want to dive more into this. Tell me more about that, you know, or before you have a, a an off the handle reaction to something somebody says, tell me more about that. What do you actually mean by that? Because what people say gets filtered into our brains through our filter, but it doesn't mean that's where it came from, from them. You know what I mean? And so those two things really stuck out to me about, especially for relationships and, and, and coaching and all of those things of, you know, you may be right or tell me more, like, let's dive deeper into that. And I, I just love those. I'm, I took those away. If, you know, took those away, I'm going to start implementing those as well. Yeah. It's so good to have those, you know, whether you have those sayings, whether you have these, you know, almost these like filters you can use to overcome the initial like knee jerk reaction that you're going to have. And if you put these things in place, what you'll find is probably initially, and even as you, like, even as in, in that case, Kelly has been doing it for a while. Like it's still, there still might be that initial knee jerk reaction, but if you train yourself instead of just lashing back to say, well, when that happens, I'm going to say, you may be right about that. Yeah. And then tell me more, like you might not even believe it at the time. And you might be like, she's definitely not right. Like I, I, I know yeah. she's not right. Like I know I'm right. But if you say that, like you said, mm-hmm. that's diffusing the situation. That's finding this, this common ground that that can happen. And that's such good advice for relationships. And we can have these other, you know, put these other safeguards in place in our, in our fitness and our spiritual walk and our other relationships have have these things in place that when our emotions try and take over, which is going to happen a lot of, mm-hmm. I don't want to work out. I'm too tired. I don't want to do this. I, you know, I, I don't want to talk to this person right now. I don't want to say, I'm sorry. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to read the Bible, go to church, do these things. Like th- there can be these different safeguards in place that ways we can almost train our our brain and our minds and our bodies mm-hmm. to have a different response. And when we talk accountability in all these different areas, I think that's, you know, such a powerful way to be able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like I said, those, those things need to be automatic. You know what I mean? It's that those, those are small contingencies, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And you just keep saying those things over and over. It's when someone says something that, that, that you have a reaction to your automatic response is tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Boom. Like you don't, you don't even have, you get to a point where your brain has, it just automatically throws it out there and that's okay. It's not okay if your brain is throwing out something that's really offensive or really you know derogatory or something like that, but it is okay if it's just something that moves the, moves the conversation along and, and invites them to then come in and say, this is what I meant by that. You know what I mean? Um, and you can really diffuse a lot of situations that way as well. And that's, that, that just seems like a really good practice for, 
all your relationships, everybody, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, whether it's somebody you're close to, whether it's somebody you're working with, whether it's somebody that's giving you your coffee, you know what I mean? At the coffee shop or something, you know, it's just a good practice. So yeah, I'm looking forward to lo- using that one a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. So good. And, and like you said, it's, it's not gonna, it, it needs to get to the point where it can be automatic, but when we tie this back into building habits, staying accountable, the importance of starting small with something like start small with it, you're, you might mess up a few times and forget to say it, but the more you practice it, the more you make it a habit, the more it's going to become your natural response. And you're going to find mm-hmm. that you're doing things and saying things, positive things. Like I said, we yeah. can, we can either let our subconscious spit out positive or spit out negative sometimes. And if we can retrain ourselves to, to bias more towards those positive things, I guarantee you the way you're showing up in your relationships, the way people are responding to you is going to be, is going to be totally different just because without even knowing it, you're speaking more positive. You're speaking more life encouragement into people versus negative, those doubts, those limiting beliefs, those things of always being a, a pessimist, always being maybe indecisive or, you know, negative on things can, can subtly shift that without even consciously re- realizing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's powerful, man. That's mm-hmm. the thing about the atomic habits. You know, it's just building one small thing at a time and those things building up to something that's huge. You know what I mean? And, um, talking about, he talks in there about, I, I can't remember if it's that book or I heard it somewhere else, but it, it, talking about habits, you don't need discipline. What you need are habits, right? Mm-hmm. And so you need, you have like a finite amount of discipline and that little bit of discipline helps you build the habit and the habit takes over, you know, and basically you kind of you deposit your discipline until the habit's built and then you get your deposit back. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can go put it into something else. And so, um, habits are just automatic and you just move and it's just, it just becomes a no fail thing. It's something that you do all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm, that's what's just so powerful about it. And so having something like that, where it's just my habit to naturally ask somebody, tell me more about what you're talking about. You know what I mean? And I can just imagine, like I saw him doing it to people at the event, you know, and it wasn't just a, tell me more, you know, like, like, Oh, keep talking. It was like, he was genuinely interested. Like, mm-hmm. tell me more. I want to know more, you know, like, come on, tell me, you know, um, so that was, it was just really cool, really powerful to see that in action as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so good. Cause you know, and, and James clear talks about the difference between goals and systems of, we don't, we don't rise to the level of our, of our goals, but we you know fall to the level of our systems. And if right. we don't have these practices in place, as, as we talk about accountability across all areas of not having to choose between each one, that's something that's going to make it much more likely. And we're not going to be able to be 10 out of 10 across all categories at all times. That's, uh, you know, that, that's not how, how life works. We have to focus more on, on certain areas and, and there's myths of what balancing looks like. But if we have these systems in place that allow us to, uh, to at least have a, you know, a thermostat, if you will, of when things are dipping too low, there's those safeguards in place that allow us to revert back to our positive habits that were, or those things that keep our, our positive habits higher with, with a less degree of effort. All those things are going to make it much easier to live what we call live in the end of doing good across all these areas versus having to choose the, or of why well, I can be fit or I can be financially successful, or I can right. you know, have a strong spiritual life or a good business. It's like, you can, you can have both if you have these, you know, solid systems and practices that we're talking about in place. Right. That's something that I learned as an athlete too. When I, when I joined up with garage gym athlete and was, and was, um, losing much weight, getting in shape, all that kind of stuff was, um, I, I became convinced that the, 
the secret to success is consistency, but the secret to consistency is accountability. Mm. And so like, you don't, to me, nothing that I've ever been successful at was something that I achieved on my own. You know, it wasn't something that, especially, like I said earlier, I'm not like really a self-motivating person. You know what I mean? Just kind of like, I'll just, you know, fly by the seat of my pants. Let's just see what happens. You know what I mean? Just kind of throw it to the wind and we'll, we'll make it up when we get there. You know what I mean? And so I'm somebody who needs a lot of accountability. I need a lot of systems. Like I need a lot of things put in place to make sure that I'm focusing on the things that I need to focus on. And so I just, I tell people all the time, like if somebody is asking me to do something or somebody is asking me to go, you know, go somewhere or whatever it is, like I have to put it in my phone. Like I have to stop our conversation and I have to pull my phone out and I have to make a note of it on my phone. If it's not in my phone, I'm not going to do it. And it's not because I don't want to, it's not because I don't have, you know, the best of intentions because I do, but if it's not in my phone, if I don't have some kind of reminder for it, it will not happen. Like that's, <laughs> that's just how it is. And, mm-hmm. um, and there's a, there's a funny one that my wife did to me. Actually, she took, she stole my phone one day at, when I wasn't looking and she put this reminder in my phone that says, tell Hannah, you love her. And so it, there's an alarm, there's a notification that goes off on my phone every day at 3 PM. And it says, tell Hannah that you love her. And so I text her every day. And now I don't need the notification anymore, but I just leave it there because it's just funny. It's a funny story. But um, every single day, whether we're in the house together or typically she's at school or she's at work and I'm, you know, we're at different places. So I have to text her, but every day I text her. Um, And if it's, if it's one minute past three o'clock, she like sends me like, a rolling eyes emoji or something like that. Like, Oh, you were late. You know what I mean? Mm. Or some, but it's like every single day, you know what I mean? But that she just, she knows she did it as a joke. She wasn't really trying to make me, you know, remind me to say that to her every day. Cause mm-hmm. I said it to her anyway, but she just, she knows that about me that I need a notification, you know, I, whatever it is that I'm doing, it needs to be in my phone. I need something reminding me that it has to be done. And so just kind of as a joke, she said, all right, I'm going to remind you to tell me at least once every day that you love me. And she put that in my phone. And so, um, but that what you're talking about with accountability and the systems, it's like, that's my life. You know what I mean? That, Mm -hmm. that hits me hard because that that's what I have to do. I have to do those things to make sure I'm doing what I need to do. Yeah. And that, that ties in so much what we're talking about though, of having awareness, ideally self-awareness. I think that's you know, we should all have some degree of self-awareness, but if we don't seeking out a friend, a mentor, a coach to be able to help you with some of those, those blind spots, those things where you don't know your, I mean, some people don't fully realize how to leverage their strengths or how to work on some of those weaknesses. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, some people might be more gifted in terms of like, just being able to remember birthdays and, you know, text Mm -hmm. people just, you know, spur of the moment and not forget those things when they say they're going to do it. But some people like you and me might need to put every single thing in our phone and there's not a right or wrong way. It's, it's finding what system in your life. And and I I know people don't like the word system sounds, you Mm -hmm. know, rigid in these things too, but if it allows you to more intentionally show up in your marriage with your kids, with your friends, in your business, with your clients at, at church, at these different places, like having these little reminders in place for these things can, you know, can make a huge return where it's, it's seconds of your time up front, 
but that's yeah. going to keep you from, from doing something, from missing something important that means a lot to someone. And we don't know how much those, that little text means to someone. We don't know how much that little, Hey, I'm thinking about you. Just wanted to see how you're doing. Even if we have to put that in our phone, like even if yeah. you're a person who has to make that reminder, like two weeks out, check on Kyle and, you know, just yeah. like check in and see how things are going. That means a lot to people. And, and to not, to, to not think of that as a, a negative thing or something that you just have to will yourself more into, that's just taking up more headspace that you can use elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I could get, I could get really, you know, down on myself, you know, when I forget things and sometimes I do, but you know, when I for, forget things, it's like, man, I can't believe I did that again. I can't believe I forgot. You know what I mean? But it's like the taking that, taking that small moment to, to make sure that it, I get notified. You know what I mean? I know that it's going to pay dividends at the end. You know what I mean? When I, when I do that thing, whatever it is, you know, whether it's something for work or, I mean, I can't tell you how many, you know, notifications I have for work stuff. Like it's just everything I have, everything I do for work, you know, it's like, it has a notification somewhere, you know? Um, and, but even if it's just, Hey, I need to, I need to reach out, follow up with this person on whatever it is, you know what I mean? Or, you know, somebody asked me to pray for them for something, you know what I mean? And it, it seems kind of weird that, that I would need a reminder to pray, you know what I mean? I mean, I'm praying every day anyway, but it's like, if I don't have it in front of me, like I'm going to forget all these different things I need to pray about, you know, or just, I need to follow up. Like somebody asked me to pray for them next week. I'm going to follow up with them and mm -hmm. find out how that went. You know what I mean? And those look that five seconds to put it in my phone is going to pay dividends in the end, you know, cause you're, you're right. It when, I mean, just think about when somebody does that for you, you know what I mean? Like how good it feels that somebody took just a second out of their day just to check in on you. You know what I mean? Just, just to say, Hey, you know, say, Hey, because somebody saying, Hey, to you means they're thinking about you and just those little things pay up over time in those relationships. And they just, they, they build something really, really big and really, really strong. And those are those, what we call those 1% habits that anyone listening can be like, Oh yeah, I've, I've thought about doing that. Or I can think of a time where I wanted to do that and I forgot, or I didn't think it was, you know, it seemed too simple. It seemed this or that, like we, we can make these excuses, but this isn't, this isn't information that like no one's heard or thought of before. Like, oh yeah, I right. can totally send a text to a parent, to a brother or sister, to a friend, to my spouse, when I'm traveling these different things, like this isn't new information to people, but right. it's, that, it's that little bit, that extra degree of intentionality of if you need to put in your phone so that you do it, schedule something out because that's what separates the people. A lot of people are thinking about doing it, but it's the more we get into the action part of it of how many people are actually sending these things out, how many people are sending a little voice message are sending over a video, sending over a text, like those things are what's going to separate you. And whether that's in business, whether it's just leveling up your relationship, like those things are going to carry you so far. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that, that's what I was talking about, you know, with, with success. It's like, it's not like when you, when you see people who are successful, whatever successful means to you, you know what I mean? Um, when you see people who are successful, they have their system. You know what I mean? They have their sit, whatever their system looks like. Um, and it doesn't mean that it looks like anybody else's. It doesn't mean that it looks like yours. They have their system. And so whatever it was that it took for them to get to that place, that's what they put in place. And you need to find that for you. You know what I mean? And, and have having that accountability built in, whether that's outside accountability or it's just the accountability of the system itself. You know what I mean? Um, because I have both, you know, I have people who hold me accountable personally to things. And then I have, you know, my workflow systems that I put into place, you know, for my daily work, you know, my daily job, all those kinds of things. Um, and so 
all of that works together to make sure that my day, you know, every day that I get done what I need to get done. You know what I mean? But those things build up over time. When you see people who are successful, they're a product of their systems, whatever system is in place. You know what I mean? They're a product of, of what they put in place to make sure they get done what they need to get done. And Mm -hmm. that's where that accountability piece comes in is there's something there that's holding them accountable to make sure they do what they're supposed to do. Yeah. And and you said it so well, and this is something I echo a lot to, to coaching clients, because we, we try and look for this one system. That's like, Oh, I want to, this five-step proven system, just follow this, this template. And it's going to get you everywhere you want to go. And what we really need to be looking for those is patterns of what are, what are the success? What are the trends of the, what we see as successful people in whatever field we're looking at? Like, what are the things that multiple people are doing? What are the habits they're doing? What are the things they're doing? It's not a set system because there are going to be different details within there of, okay, some people do a, you know, a, a nightly, they ask themselves five questions. Some people just, you know, some people are very structured with it. Some people, it just happens organically, but look for those patterns in terms of what the, what the people you aspire to be like find patterns instead of trying to mimic their exact way, because people have different personality types, learning types, like we said, different, uh, you know, different ways we, we work and, and process things to so make sure to find something that, that fits, fits you specifically. Yeah. And yeah, find some, find something that you're already doing. You know what I mean? Uh, we, we try to, I think, I think we spend a lot of time trying to build new systems that are totally foreign to us. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Which is, which is a lot of what you're talking about, right? Of finding somebody else's book, finding somebody else's journal. I can't tell you how many journals I've tried. You know what I mean? You know what? I suck at journaling. Guilty. I just do. You know what I mean? It's just because, because sitting down and writing things down is just, I know it's a habit that I could build and, and, you know, I could, I could get really good at it, but it's just, I, I'm just not good at it. I'm not good at writing things down. You know what I mean? At, at least not just my random thoughts. You know, if I need to make a list of something, boom, knock it out. You know what I mean? If I need to write down a little note for me to remember later or something, but like sitting down and journaling, I'm just not good at it. You know what I mean? And so find things that, that, of patterns, like you said, of things that you're already doing. You know what I mean? If, if when you come in the front door, the first thing that you do is kick your shoes off next to the door, like use that to do, to do something productive. You know what I mean? Like fine. I don't know what it is that you need to do there, but like, that's just a a silly example, but Mm -hmm. it's like, if that's something you're already doing every day, like find, find a way to utilize that into a system. You know what I mean? To put that into a system. Um, and just like you said, patterns that you're already following. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. Don't try to completely, you know, reorganize everything about your life. Find the things that you already do. And like I said, there's system, there, there are things that are happening to you that you don't realize. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there, there's things about, especially if you have somebody living with you, ask them, hey, what are things that I normally do? You know what I mean? Because they'll tell you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. My wife will tell you, you know, the things that I do on a normal, normal basis, on a daily basis. I don't even realize I'm doing them. You know what I mean? And so part of this really is building things that you aren't used to doing yet. And there are things that you need to learn how to do and build habits around to progress to the next step. But, but there's a lot of it. That's really just stuff that you're already doing that you Mm -hmm. need to just utilize better. You know what I mean? That you just need to do better. And so find those patterns that, you know, that you're already doing. If you sit down on the couch for 30 minutes before bed, you know, read a book instead of watch TV. You know, it doesn't mean you have to go sit somewhere else. It doesn't mean you have to stand up and read a book or, you know, stand up or do anything like you're already sitting on the couch. Just read a book instead of watch TV. Boom. That's something you're already doing. 
And you make that little change, mm-hmm. and man, you know, just off to the races. Reading books is one of the best things to do ever, just for progressing. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't matter what book you're reading, but mm-hmm. you know, thirty minutes in a book every day, man, life changing. Yeah. And identifying those things. I, I, and I love that, that example, because it really is just about, you know, tying it back full circle. We talk about starting small and doing these things. It's like, well, what's, you know, what's one night of reading instead of watching TV going to do like maybe, maybe not that much, but what's, you know, what's 52 weeks of that going to do? What's a, what's a decade of that going to do? Yeah. Like your the amount of books you're going to get through the knowledge you're going to have the different mindset you have. And if you need help remembering that, like that's using some of those, like use a, a physical cue of if the remote's always right here on the armrest, like take the remote away, set a book right there. What yeah. are you going to reach for when you sit down there? And like, it doesn't have to be that, that complicated. I think sometimes people try and like, you, like we were, like we've just been talking about find these new systems and this new thing. And this next, like that extra little hack that's going to get us there. It's like, no, just take the things you're already doing, like make them a little better, reevaluate, reassess, and then continue, continue to do that consistently and watch the results follow. Yeah. That's a, that reminds me, there was a, it, I won't, I won't share his name, but there was a guy I was coaching and, uh, and one of the things he wanted to work on was not drinking as much alcohol at night. You know what I mean? He was, you know, I know, I know a lot of people do that. They kick back, you know, have a beer or two after the day just to kind of wind down. And, you know, that's one of the things he wanted to work on because he felt like he was drinking, you know, too much during the week and it was interrupting his sleep and all those things. And so I said, we'll do this. Like when we get off of this call, walk over to it. Cause it would sit just like what you're talking about. It would sit on a little table next to the couch, next to his side of the couch that he would always sit on after dinner. Like he would, after dinner, he would go sit on the couch and watch TV and he would, you know, drink right there on the, on the, the couch. And I'm like, well, drinking is not the problem. It's what you're drinking. So I was like, when we get off this call, go over there and put a water bottle there instead of what you have sitting there now. And sure enough, I mean, he noticed the difference. It wasn't alcohol anymore. It was right. water, but it was like, you know, in one week, like he cut down his alcohol consumption by like 70%. You know I mean? He only drank on the weekend at that point. You know what I mean? It's like, that was something he was already doing, you know? And so just put a bottle of water there instead of a beer. And it's like, you're already doing something that you're doing anyway. Like, Mm -hmm. and, and you're making a a progressive step forward. And I'm just like, man, that's it right there. Just find something you're already doing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, as we, as we start to wrap it up, that's, uh, and, and I can, I can talk, uh, a whole, we could talk for a whole other hour on how to identify, you know, maybe what things are the, the highest return things, because when we talk about not getting caught up in all these systems and better ways of doing things that everyone's promoting is we have to have the awareness to know what the highest meaningful tasks are. Like, sure. It'd be yeah. great to journal and meditate and cold plunge and work out for two hours yep. a day and do a walk and do a sauna and do Wim Hof and, uh, you know, write these affirmations, visualizations, do all these things, but it's like, it's five hours of your day. <laughs> yeah, In reality, you only have so much time to work on yourself. So yeah. someone, someone out yeah. there will have to remind me to, uh, to do a, do a topic on, on how do we identify those things? But that's a, yeah. that's a danger we fall into if we try and go too big. And I'd speak fully from experience. Lindsay can attest to it. I, I try and take on too much at once and it lasts for a period of time. And then, it falls off, but the things that keep coming back are the ones that are those highest return things. Those, those needle movers that are going to help really help drive things, drive things forward the most. So that's, uh, you know, something to keep in mind, like we said, starting, starting small, but if we had, uh, you know, as we wrap up here, Kyle, what are, uh, for someone starting out on this and maybe they're, they're, it's totally clicking with them. They're like, yes, I, I know I need to, I can be more accountable here. I can make these changes. What are a couple, you know, practical takeaways someone can start with of how to identify maybe what, 
areas of their life. So we talk those different foundations, like what areas of their life they can be working on and how to, you know, maybe uh, just some parting advice of, of how to just get started on it. Cause that's the biggest piece as we both know is not just talking about it, but just getting started on it. I would say pick, I mean, we, we talked about, you know, making progress in a bunch of levels, but man, I, I'm just a firm believer in this thing of keep it small. You know what I mean? Keep it small and keep it simple. I would say pick one area and pick one thing to change in that one area. Because the the beauty of it is like you, you change one thing and what, like, let's just say, let's, let's do a, let's do a normal one or just a, just a really simple one. Let, let's say that your goal is to, to drink more water during the day, right? It, if you can get to a point where you're drinking, you know, what, we have, we have something in our programming called the EO3 elements. We've got like nine different things that we want people to really try to dial in. Right. But we're also like, you don't have to dial them all in at once. Right. The ideal, you know, optimal is having all nine of these things dialed in to a point where they're all nine habits that you don't have to even think about anymore. It's like, we're not expecting you to do that overnight, but like one of the things is hydration. Right. And so the goal is to drink 50 to 60% of your body weight in ounces of water every day. Right. If you take that as your one goal, and this is what we do in our coaching as well. We have micro goals for the week. And so a lot of people pick this one. They pick getting, getting the hydration dialed in. If you pick that one thing, if you're drinking more water during the day, you're going to be more full, which means it's going to help you on the nutrition side. You're not going to be as hungry, which means you're going to be eating better just by default because you're going to be drinking better. It's going to keep you hydrated. It's going to keep you flushed out of the things that don't need to be sticking around for too long. Hydration is going to help you with your sleep. So you're going to be getting better sleep. Imagine what somebody, you know, imagine how much better sleep is going to help you during your day. You know what I mean? And so I could go on and on and on of all the, you know, the domino effect of those things, but like dialing in that one thing. And that's a simple example, but dialing in just getting enough water during the day, all of the different areas that that one habit will actually affect, right? Of not just, I need to focus on nutrition and I need to focus on training and I need to focus on spirituality and my relationships and my job and all like changing this one thing in this spot is going to have a ripple effect into all of them. You know what I mean? And turns into something better in all of them. You know what I mean? If you're getting better sleep, you're going to have a better relationship. You know what I mean? No matter what relationship it is with your wife, with your kids, with your coworkers, whatever, if you're getting better sleep and if the key to getting better sleep is drinking more water during the day, then just drink more water during the day mm-hmm. and build that one habit and then just ripple effect from there. And so that's what I just double down on the simplicity, keep things simple and just start with one thing and build that one thing. And it just, it just builds on it on itself. Then hopefully eventually you get to the point where you can focus on one thing per area. You have right. all of your different areas that you're trying to work on and you have your one thing that you're working on, you know, at a time in each area, you know, mm-hmm. but they're all still building on each other anyway. So yeah. that's where I would start. Man, that's, that's so good. That's a, that's a perfect spot to end it. Cause we we're echoing the same thing of, we want to get to the point where we're, where we're choosing the and succeeding across these areas, but it starts with being able to consistently show up in one area first and don't work on your strong area. Like if you're right, if going to the gym right. is like, if you're like, and this has always been the case for me where some people struggle with fitness for me. I've been working out since I was 13 in a gym. It's like working out four or five days a week is that's like, that's second yeah. nature to me. That's not where I yeah. need to be spending my focus. I actually need a little less effort 
in that area because that one's mm-hmm. already on autopilot. And then how do I improve my spiritual life? How do I intentionally improve my relationship with, with Lindsay? How do I manage my stress and sleep and some of these other things that don't come as, as natural to me? So uh, pick one area and pick, pick an area that makes you a little uncomfortable to think about. Yeah. And that's probably the one yeah. you need to need to start with as a general rule of thumb. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in those, those little things, you, you know, especially you're talking about like, I need to improve my relationship here, you know, or I need to pr- improve my, my spiritual life or, or whatever it is, you know, there could be, there, there could be that resistance there that you're not like what we talked about, you know, that, that resistance that you're not aware of and really shining a spotlight on that resistance and trying to bust through it may not be what you need to do. What you may actually need is improvement somewhere else. Mm. And that thing can come in and knock that wall down in that other area. You know, like it's like I said, you know, if, if you're getting better sleep, your relationship with your wife is going to be better. Maybe that's the point of resistance you really actually want to work on, mm-hmm. but you're standing next to it. You can't knock it down with a hammer, right? So you need a wrecking ball to come in. So try it with the water, let the water hydrate you better, then get better sleep. And it gains momentum by the time it gets to your relationship and that resistance you're having with your wife, boom, it's just crashing through it. You know what I mean? And, and that resistance falls down, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Through not very much effort, extra effort of your own. You know what I mean? I think that's something we wind up like we get, we get distracted by that obstacle of like, man, I need to take this thing down. I need to tackle this thing. And really you need a running start. You know, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to, you're yeah. a football player. You get it. You know what I mean? Like you, you don't tackle them just standing there. You know what I mean? No tackling drills start that way. You always have a running start. You always have momentum that's moving towards it. And so, um, so that's kind of part of it too, is like, instead of trying to focus on this thing, that's not moving, go to another area and just kind of let the ripple effect take care of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's, that's also good. And so well said, because sometimes we're focusing on that, that problem and the problem is actually, you know, there's, there's another habit or thing that we're doing that uh, can, can really make that a lot, a lot easier to move with, with less effort. So Man, it's also good. And, uh, you know, that's the power, like we said, of, of having someone keep you accountable, having a coach, having a community. Uh, if you guys, if you guys need help on that, we got a, we got a mindset challenge coming up here this next week. We'd love to love to see some of you guys in it to come around a group of guys that are looking to do the same thing, support each other and identifying some of those, some of those habits, some of those things that we can be doing a little more structure, building those systems out to help set you up for success in, in the areas that you need to. So if you guys are interested in that, make sure to check out the show notes. You can text me as well. If you guys have any questions on it, but Kyle, man, this has been, been a blast. Where can people reach out to you? Where can they, where can they find you to, to get in contact with you? Uh, probably the bet I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, it's just my name, Kyle Shrum. That's where I am. Shrum as in drum. S H R U M. That's me. Um, that's where they can, that's where you can find me. Um, I got a, I got a plug garage gym athlete programming, go and check it out. Free 14 day trial. <laughs> Uh, at garagegymathlete.com. If you want coaching at Garage Athlete, you come and talk to me. That's that's where you'll uh, where you'll wind up. You wind up coaching with me. So that's that's awesome. And uh, love to see love to see everybody there. Also, uh, I'll just give an extra plug for your your mindset stuff that you do. I've been through it, guys. It's awesome. It's unreal, and uh, it's well worth it. So worth worth uh, every minute that you throw into it. So absolutely, I'll give you an extra plug on that as well. Appreciate that, Kyle. That was not, uh, not asked for, but I really appreciate that. And, uh, thanks again for coming on round two. I know, uh, I know how much you prioritize your family time and, uh, some of this to sort of be able to take some time and and share with our audience and connect again. I, I really do appreciate you making the time for me, my man. 
Absolutely, man. Anytime. I'm looking forward to round three. Yeah, it'll, it'll be back. So brace yourself. And uh, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for investing in yourself. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening today, guys. I'm believing that even if you apply one thing from today's show, you're taking one step closer to living as the man you were made to be. Meaningful change doesn't happen overnight. So keep showing up and keep consistent every single day until good things start to happen. If you haven't already, taking 60 seconds to write a review on whatever platform you're listening on goes a long way in growing this podcast and reaching other men just like you that are hungry for more in their life. If you have any questions on today's show, feedback, or content you want to see more of, shoot me a text. Yep, text me. 760-477-4361. That's 760-477-4361. Let me know that you're listening in so I can personally thank you for your support of myself and the show. That's it for today, guys. It's time to raise your standard for yourself. Stop settling for just getting by. Go all in on your passions and the life you were made for. I love you guys and talk to you soon.